weighed on my spirit. So, didn't have anything as of this morning. Lord does that sometimes. Pastor knows how that is. And I was on my way to lunch. Thank you, Jesus. And the uh, Lord just gave me a thought or two. And I was like, all right. And I went into Cracker Barrel, which is what a Pentecostal man should eat. And uh, got me some grilled chicken and some mac and cheese and mashed potatoes, white gravy and biscuits and jelly. I come out and the Lord just downloaded something on me and I said, thank you, Lord, for Cracker Barrel. I don't know what it did, but it opened the heavenlies, it seemed, uh, as I sat in my truck. Um, But I want to preach to you tonight out of this super familiar portion of Scripture. Uh, We're going to dive into a story we all know. Some of these things you may have heard before, but I believe the Lord really really uh, gave me something to talk about tonight, and, and I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm, I'm going to be in the same vein I've been in for a little bit, uh, talking about, I just feel like the church needs to hear about victory, um, and how important it is that we don't just win a victory, but we live in victory. And, and I, I just, I feel like the Lord has just stuck me in that vein this year, and I, I just, He can't let me out of it, so... Um, I'm just going to obey him. Is that all right? 1 Samuel chapter 17, we're going to begin in verse number 8, and we're going to jump around in this portion of Scripture. So even when you sit down here in a moment, you may want to leave your Bibles open to this passage. But we're going to read two sections here. We're going to start in verse 8. It says, And he stood, Goliath, and cried unto the armies of Israel, and said unto them, Why are you come out to set up for battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servant to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. It says, And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all of Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 22, And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage, and he ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And the men of Israel, when they saw him, turn to your neighbor and say, saw him or saw the man, they fled from him and were sore afraid. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for the worship in this house. We thank you for your word and its anointing. God, we ask that it go forth in that anointing and penetrate hearts and lives. And Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and the church says, Amen. Amen. We can preach this many different ways, and it's been preached many different ways. But just to give you a quick backstory, many of you know what's going on here. But there comes a time of war. And the Bible makes it clear they come to a certain valley. 
And what begins to happen is, the Bible says on one hillside or one mountainside, Saul and the Israelites set up their camp. And across the valley, on the side of another mountainside is the Philistines and they set up their army. They do what they do to prepare for battle. Everyone gets, gets ready. Everyone makes sure they have the weapons they need, the shields they need. Everybody is prepared for battle. They, they know what is coming. They've done this before. But out steps a giant and everything seems to get quiet. But I, I want to bring something to your attention quickly if I can. We see in this chapter there are two distinct sides. The Israelites on one, the Philistines on the other. And the world we live in and, and, and in the nation we live in, it seems divided and, and media sources and outlets will try to tell you it's divided this way, it's divided that way, we're divided here, we're divided there, we're divided this way and that way. But I, I want to make a statement for you tonight. There's still only two sides. There is light, there is darkness. There is good, there is evil. And there is right, can the church say amen? And there is wrong. There is still, just like we see in this text, there are two distinct sides. Israel, the people of God, the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This mighty nation that God had brought forth out of Abraham through Isaac and grew through Jacob. This mighty nation, the chosen of God on one side... Catch this parallel, the chosen of God, because of Jesus and His sacrifice, the Bible says that we've received a spirit of adoption. Even being Gentiles, we've received a spirit of adoption whereby we can cry, Abba, Father, we are children of God. Amen? You thankful for that tonight? On one side is the children of God and God Himself, righteousness, light, and, and goodness, and peace. We see that, but on the other side is a world of sin and unrighteousness controlled by the powers of darkness and the powers of Satan himself. It is literally, as I've said, light versus darkness, good versus evil. We see that both sides set themselves in a place and prepare themselves for battle. But then Goliath shows up. Goliath shows up, the giant let me draw this parallel. The big things in society. Yeah, the big things, the big issues. Addiction, mental illness, infirmities in the body, and sexual abomination. Just to name a few of the big issues facing our nation today. Those are a few of the big issues that have come against the church in recent days and in this hour but two, like we see here in our text, for 40 days, Goliath does all the talking. The Bible says in verse 16 that he comes 40 days in a row, comes out and says the same thing every day. Give me someone to fight. And every day, just as he did in the first day, he defies the children of God. And I will tell you that the same thing is still happening in the hour that we're living in. 
The giants, the sins, the massive sins of our society are looking at the church, pointing their finger at the church, and they're saying, you think you're essential, you think you're powerful, you, you think you're, you're this, you think you're that. But, but the same thing is happening in our nation that is happening in this text. One side is doing all the talking. They didn't say anything for 40 days because of the big issues, because of the big problems. We see that this goes on and on and on. But what we find is the Bible tells us in in, in verse 11 that we read that this side that kept silent, they kept silent because it says uh, that when they heard his words, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. For 40 days they said nothing. And here's what the Lord began to say to me today. And he said, my people, they have began to see the adversary and how giant the problems are in their country and in their nation today. And they are willing to keep silent because of fear. We see see that... This for 40 days, this is this is what the Lord began to reveal to me. Why the church has become silent is not simply because of fear, but they feel like uh, if we just just come to church and do our thing and and we never we never come against these issues, uh, we never speak for truth. How many knows you can speak for truth in love? That's what we're called to be. That's what we're called to do. We can speak to truth in love. We can love people. We can love them to Christ because Christ loved us. Uh, Even in our sin, he he died for us. uh, Even in our sin. But what the Lord began to tell me uh, is what the church in America is hoping for is what happened in this text. For 40 days, no one moved. And what we convince ourselves of, and I'm talking about even personally, not just what's facing our nation, the big issues in your life, uh, we think that if they can do all the talking, but if we don't talk, uh, we'll get this stalemate going on and nothing happens. And we think, well, they didn't gain any ground, so I win, right? Uh, But we know according to Scripture that if we don't gain any ground, we lose. So what we've tried to do is we've tried to negotiate uh, with our flesh. We've tried to negotiate uh, with the adversary, Satan himself. uh, And we've tried to say, hey, listen, you don't bother me. I won't bother you. I'll just go to church, do my thing. You just leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. I won't come at you. And for 40 days, no one moved because the people of God were silent because they were afraid. They were afraid. Hear me. A stalemate is not victory. Hear me again. A stalemate is not victory. Because no movement... We, listen, in America, this is, what, this is what we think about a stalemate. Well, if there's no battle, that means there's no loss. And if there's no loss, that means there's no sacrifice. How many knows if, you're, if you had to fight someone today, you know that you're going to take some shots, right? And we think, well, well, if I just keep quiet and I just try to deal with my issues privately and, and I just try to do this and I just try to do that and, and I just go to church and, and, and I, I just don't confront it. I just try to ignore it and, and stick my head in the sand and act like it's not there. Uh, uh, that's the safe thing to do. That doesn't cost us anything. 
Hear me tonight. You say, he's beating up on us. No, I, I want you to understand what it's going to cost to live in victory and not live in a stalemate the rest of your life and live till you're 80 years old and you die and you die depressed, you die anxious, you die full of fear and there, you get to heaven and God looks at you and said, I had a ministry for you. I had a call and a purpose for your life, but you just sat still and did nothing because you didn't want to deal with the issues that are trying to prevent you from walking in the victory and in the call that God has for your life. Amen. I, I know it's, uh, it's hard to, to understand, but no movement is not a victory. I'm going to ask my little helpers to come. Addie and Ava, you ready? You want to help me? Come help me. All right. I called them today. I said, girls, I need your help for an illustration. Sierra was talking to them through the, her, phone, her phone in her car. And Ava said, I don't want to do that. And Addie said, yay. But they're going to help me. We're just, we, we're just going, we, can, can we play a game right now? I know the church ain't a game, but can we play a game right now? Girls, I need you to come right here. All right. We're going to play like we play at home. You ready to play hide and seek? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to count. I'm going to count to 10. And you hide. Okay. Everybody help me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And now you got to stop at nine because they're not ready at nine. You go nine, nine and a quarter, nine and a half, nine and three quarters, nine and seven eighths, ten. Ready or not, here I come. Right? I hear them right now. Okay, and you say, what does this have to do with anything? I'll tell you what it has to do with, with something here in a minute. Now these girls come back here. Y'all can help me out. Their, their Gigi helps them when I hide. Y'all can help me, right? Where are you at, girls? You in the baptistry? Well, Lord, you're getting saved, aren't you? I found you. You can go to mommy now. <laughs> Give these girls a hand tonight. Amen. You say, what does that have to do with anything? The Lord began to tell me this. We'll read this verse and then I'll tell you what he told me. Verse Samuel 17 and 24, we read it. And it says, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were sore afraid. They fled from him and they were sore afraid. Let me paraphrase. They hid. So what does hide and seek have to do with this? This is what the Lord dropped on me after I ate my Cracker Barrel today, okay? And I was sitting in my truck and I began to speak in tongues and the Lord was just moving on me and I was like, thank you, Lord, for Cracker Barrel, okay? But here's what the Lord told me. He said, there's two types of people in the Church of America today. There are people that hide and there's people that seek. There are people that hide. Hear me. They all fled. There are people that hide and there are people that seek. We see that these men of God, these warriors, the Israelite armies, these warriors, they have a king that has fought many battles. He's, won, he's had many triumphs. Saul has fought many battles. He, know, he knows what to expect. He knows what's coming, right? 
And he knows that he's anointed by God. God chose him. And we can, we can talk about his disobedience and all these things that led him to this point. But we're talking about men that know war, that know what it's going to cost, but they see something just, it looks a little too big. And they say, you know what? Let's just, let's just hide. Maybe if we hide, he'll just disappear. Maybe if we do nothing, nothing will happen. And, and, and here's the deal. I will just tell you this, and Sierra can speak to this. I can't stand fear. In a believer, I can't stand it because here's the deal. Here's what Paul told Timothy. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, right? But a power and of love and of a sound mind. Many of you can quote that. But I, I think we put so much focus on the end of that verse. The power, the love, and the sound mind. I thank God for that. But who has not given you a spirit of fear? It didn't say your pastor has not given you. Pastor Jade has not given you. It doesn't say a man has not given you. A family member has not given you. It says this. This is what Paul said to Timothy. Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know what that means, neighbor? Some people ain't gonna like this. Fear is not of God. Fear is not of God. Turn to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, that means worry is not of God. Why does the Bible say be anxious for nothing? Why do, we, why do we try to make exceptions for what the Bible excludes? The believer, fear should not be present in our life. Hey, listen, I know it's not easy. Jade Abrams never thought he'd be up here screaming and shouting like this. I never thought I would do this. But I will tell you this, when God got a hold of my life, he changed everything. Hear me tonight. That What I'm trying to get across to you is there are people that hide and there are people that seek. Let me dive into this. Why does David, why does David, why, why is he different? He shows up on the scene. We know the story. He slays Goliath. Why is David different? Hear me, because David was a seeker. How do I know this? How do I know this? Because God said this in 1 Samuel 14, or in 13, in verse 14. He told Samuel, he said, I'm looking for someone after my own heart. Someone that is pursuing my heart, right? What a synonym is for that? Someone that's seeking my heart. Understand that David was a man who sought God's heart, a man who was in love with the Lord and had godly desires and loved the Lord. I believe this genuinely loved the Lord more than anything. David saw victory. David saw victory because he was a seeker. Because he was a seeker. David heard the challenge of the enemy and he said, no, not today, Satan. I, I, I've just, I've just, I just got here, but I've done hurt enough. And he, this is what he begins to say when he goes out into the battlefield in verse 45 through 47. It says, then said David to the Philistine, thou comest at me with a sword and with a spear and with the shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord God, the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Catch this, this day I will, the Lord will deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee and I will give the 
give the carcasses of the host of Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and unto the wild beasts of the earth that all may that the all all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and all this assembly shall know what he's talking about is the people behind me the saints that have been standing here for 40 days doing nothing he says they shall know the Lord saveth not with the sword and the spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. David was saying, listen, these guys are hiding, but I'm a person that tries to seek after God and I'm not afraid of what you're throwing at me. He stood with confidence. So David, unlike everyone else in this text, experienced victory and brought forth victory because he was a man who sought after God. I'm going to try to teach this for a moment. So why does David, this seeker, see the victory? Okay, I'm I'm, I'm about to get into something that's going to blow your mind. You want to know the answer? David, that's what the Lord just began to lay on my heart and began to reveal to me. I said there's hiders and there's seekers. But why why do people that seek after God see victory? Because they know how to hide. You say, whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? Many people want to hide. Many people want to hide from their issues. Many people just like to hide to hide. Because we see in Israel, everyone, everyone hid in Israel's camp. But David knew how to hide and seek. He said, what are you, what are you talking about? When Samuel came to David, David was hidden In 1 Samuel 16, he was hidden out in the shepherd's field, right? He was hidden out in the shepherd's field. But you say, why why are you talking about hide and and, and seek? Why, why, Why does a seeker know how to hide? Catch what I'm saying here. David wrote Psalms like this that says in Psalms 91 and verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place. The hidden place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Many people want to hide from their issues, want to hide from their daily life, but I find very few people that want to hide and seek. Hear me tonight. Many people want to hide. It's easy to run and hide, but what's not easy is to get into that hiding place and say, God, this is what David understands. God, if you're powerful enough to hide me from my enemy, you are powerful enough to save me from my enemy. You are powerful enough to deliver me from my enemy. Hear me today. I'm talking about this, 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 this place, this place of seeking, this place of hiding. The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6 and 6 to go into your inner place, your closet, go into your secret place, go into your hiding place. And he says what is done in secret will be rewarded openly. David was a man that hid in the presence of God and he sought more of the presence of God and he lived in the presence of God. So therefore he had the victory that the presence of God brought into his life. He was someone that said, you know what? I'm not gonna hide because I'm afraid. I'm gonna hide so I can get strength. I'm gonna hide so I can get to know God. I'm gonna hide so he can deposit anointing in my life. I'm gonna hide so he can endue me with power from on high. 
I'm going to hide and get alone with him. So when I come out into the public place, what is done in secret, God will give me a manifestation openly. What David did on that day when he defeated the giant, he did not win it that day. He won it in the shepherd's field when he was praying, when he was worshiping, when he was seeking God's face, when he was hiding in his secret place and he came out into that open setting. He said, listen, I'm not afraid of you. My God will deliver you into my hands. Church, it doesn't matter what this world is throwing at us. Understand, if we can hide in his presence and seek after more of him, we can have victory. Seeking is important to God. He says this through Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 4. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. We find in Matthew 6 that I've already referenced. But we find later in that chapter he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, we need to learn how to hide and seek. Many people just want to hide. Just want to get away from it, Sister Mary. Just don't want to confront it. I tell you, the Lord has, has, has dealt with me uh, over the last few years about confrontation. I, I, you want to know this about Jade Abrams? I may be outgoing and exuberant, but I hate confrontation. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. My mom handled it very well. But I don't, Courtney, I don't really like it. I don't, I don't like it. But what the Lord began to deal with me is you read through these passages of scriptures. The reason we have these stories of victory is because the people of God was willing to confront the issues of their day. They had victory because they confronted it. But you only have victory if you're in the secret place of the Most High. Hear me today to come to the music. We've got a people that hide. we got to be a people that hide and seek. Because I'll just tell you, I've heard this throughout my Christian walk. Pastor probably heard it twice as much as I have. Well, I just, I just, but I just, I can't. I tell you, like my grandpa told me, can't never did do nothing. And if you say you can't do what God's calling you to do, do you realize you're not just insulting yourself, you're insulting the God that called you. Nobody wants to hear this. When you say no to God, it's as if you're slapping Him in His face and saying you're not powerful enough to work in my life. You're talking to the God that said, I've overcome the world. And you're going to tell Him, you can't conquer addiction in my life. I just, I'm too, too far gone. You can't conquer the depression you you hear me? And then I love that, that people of God, including Jade Abrams, I have a hard time with this. He is the creator of time, but I tell him how I want to spend it. And see what we do? Let me come down here with you all and just level with you. What we do is we say, well, God, you, someone else. Someone else will do it. We heard about this this weekend with 
Pastor Howard Jones. And we think, well, someone else will do it. Surely someone else will do it. Someone else will do it is one of the biggest deceptions your flesh and your and the adversary can play on you. You want to know? I'm just I'm, I'm gonna be real with you because I want to challenge you because I, I believe you you can live in victory. I believe it. I'm not just preaching it because it sounds good. I believe there are people in this house that are seeking after God. They're seeking after God and they're seeking after God. And just know that that as you continue to seek and seek after God, He's going to reward you openly. How does that look like? Maybe for you, it's your, your lost loved ones. Praise God. Maybe for you, it's financial breakthrough. Praise God. Maybe for you, it, 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 it's, it's breakthrough in a relationship with a loved one or, or something like that. Whatever it may look like. But I believe if you seek, if you hide and seek, He will reward you openly. That's, that's what Jesus said. It's not my words. It's words of Jesus. You know, there's been many people in the Bible that use this whole use someone else deal. And one that came to my mind, and this is going to sound really harsh, but this one that came to my mind was Esther. And pastor, she said, sent word to Mordecai. She said, listen, what you're asking me to do, I cannot do. They'll kill me if I go to before the king uninvited. He says in chapter 4 and verse 13 14 first, he, first thing he says to her is don't think just because you live with the king that you can escape this and the second thing he says Hunter is he says this is this y'all gonna think I hate you I don't I'm, I'm, I'm gonna love you he says perhaps help will come from another place What he, this is her uncle. This is who theologians believe raised this young girl. He said, but you and your father's house will die. He said, God's people will be saved. God will bring someone else. He said, but you'll die. Can I speak to you? Y'all know I love you. Some of you have wonder why you're so miserable <laughs> because men and women of God including God himself has spoken into your life and say go go do do oh, someone else someone else and you wonder why you, you feel dry and why you feel like you're spiritually dying because you are you are I'm telling you in love I, I'm not delighting in any of this. But he looked at his niece and says, listen, God will raise someone else up, but you'll pay the price. What he was telling her, you're afraid to do something that you have a chance to live and thrive and have victory in. You're worried about what the adversary is going to do. He said, you're, you're afraid to go before the king. And he said, this is your only option because the only other option is death. walk with the Lord and I've done it myself someone else someone else someone else he said 
but I called you to hide. I called you to seek. I'm not looking for someone else to reach my lost loved ones. You know what we pray at night? God, use our family to reach our lost loved ones. I'll just be honest with you. I don't want them to have to hear someone else. That's what God wills great. But they're my family. This church, you're my family. I don't want to see you live a defeated life. I don't want to see you live a defeated life. Stand with me. Y'all still love me? Y'all still okay with me? There's the hiders and there's the seekers. But the seekers... That sounds so contradictory. No, because there's people that just want to hide. If you're dealing with that and you say, I just, I just try to ignore my problems. I don't, me, me and my spouse don't talk about them. Or, or, or me and the Lord don't talk about them. Me and my friends don't talk about them. Listen, I'm not saying you got to spill your guts to everybody. But I have a friend and his name's Jesus. I have a father. His name's Jesus. I have a counselor. His name's Jesus. I have a God. His name's Jesus. And I've told you this before and I'll tell you probably a hundred times before I die. There's many times, Brother Justin, I've come in and I've bawled and I've squalled and I've snotted and I've, I've argued and I've bickered and I've complained. God why? God this. God that. But when I left this place, I would leave comforted. I would leave changed. I would leave at peace. church for 40 days an entire group of believers these are chosen people lived in fear because of the big issues and it took a boy to say you know what you're all hiding out of fear I'm hiding out of love I'm spending time with the God I love. He said, I ain't afraid of this joker. You want to hear this preacher today? Can I speak this for you? I ain't afraid of your depression. I ain't afraid of your addiction. I ain't afraid of your issues. Why? Why am I not afraid? Because my Savior... He didn't just die for my sins. He rose for my victory. And he tells the New Testament church, and guess what? You're still part of that New Testament church. He tells the New Testament church, you'll walk in power. You'll walk in authority. You'll lay hands on the sick. You'll see him recover. You'll give sight. You, you'll do all these things. 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 But these men that hid in the upper room out of love came out in power. And throughout their walk, they sought, sought, and they sought. Two chapters later from Acts chapter 2, they're in the upper room again, saying, God, give us more. 
David in his weakest, in his worst failures would still cry out to God and say, God, don't let your presence depart from me. Church, seek him. Seek him. I'm not saying that you haven't, but can I just encourage those that have been, keep going. You say, I haven't seen any results yet. David sat out in that pasture, sat out in that pasture, sat out in that pasture. And then one day his father called and he heard the challenge of the enemy. I hear what this world has to say. I've seen what this world is doing. I see wickedness wickedness every day. But something inside my spirit says that's a challenge. That's a challenge. And he said, did you hear what this man just said? He defied the armies of Israel. God, have your way in us. If you're here tonight, two people I've preached to say I'm a seeker. I just need encouragement that God's going to reward me openly. I want you to come and pray. But I believe there's some people that just flat out say I'm a hider. I don't want to talk about my problems. I don't want to talk about my issues. I think if I just ignore them and read my Bible to go away. Listen, you have an advocate through Jesus. I'm not saying you got to blab your problems to everybody. I'm just saying, can you just talk to Jesus? Well, he knows my needs. Yes, but he also says, make them known. Why does he want you to make them known? But he knows your thoughts because he desires relationship with you. There's some things that I can assume Sierra wants, but I don't know she for sure wants them if she don't tell me. And I don't ask. So if you're a seeker and you need encouragement, come. But I really want to emphasize if you're hiding. You see, I got some big issues, preacher man. Let me tell you. The God that you're looking for to show up and show off He doesn't want to just make it go away. He wants to show up and show off in your life so you can stand with authority and make it go away. We're the vehicle. We're the vehicle. So if you're one of those two, I want you to come. These altars are open. Sister Madison's going to sing, but come. Hide or seek. Thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, And as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.